Welcome to Getting Credit, a podcast focusing on financial markets, corporate credit, and timely insights from Aristotle Funds. Here's your host, Dominic Nolan, CEO of Aristotle Pacific Capital, the sub-advisor for the Aristotle Funds Fixed Income Funds. Hello, and welcome to number 58. In the next 10 minutes, we will discuss the Federal Reserve's decision to pause rate hikes, the economy, consumer spending, opportunities in fixed income, and close with a personal reflection. Let's begin. Starting with the Fed, after 10 rate increases, the Fed decided to pause rates in June. I think the decision to pause was warranted. Inflation has been rolling over. The economy is expected to slow. The Fed is still engaged in quantitative tightening, and there remain pockets of weakness in the economy that could expand. So while inflation has been stickier than most thought, Given the level of rates, the upside to pausing outweighed the downside of hiking, in my opinion. Thus far, the markets have seemed to digest this constructively. Longer-term rates have been range-bound, and risk assets have moved higher since the meeting. So how does the rest of the year play out when it comes to rate hikes? Right now, market expectations post-meeting are for one to two more rate hikes and two to three cuts in 24. Know that this is substantially different than where markets were just a couple months ago, where they were expecting rate hikes to be largely done and two to three rate cuts in the second half of the year. The wild card here is the economy, which has been pretty difficult to underwrite. One of the elements that has reconciled is market expectations versus Fed rhetoric. Last month, market expectations were for a pause in June and three to four cuts by the end of the year. This was a disconnect on where the Federal Reserve's rhetoric was, in their statements that they would keep rates here or not cut rates in 2023. So that has reconciled. I think the real determinant of cuts or future hikes in the second half of the year is going to be the economy. So where does that sit? Things are certainly slowing down, but the consumer has been resilient. From a consensus standpoint, GDP estimates for the second quarter are half percent to one percent. They are negative in third quarter, negative in fourth quarter, then forecasts are for three positive quarters in 2024. From an inflation standpoint, CPI is expected to be a little over 4% this quarter, then dropping to 3.5% in the third quarter, and just above 3% in the fourth quarter. Forecasts for next year are around 2.5%. So if you think about it, the Fed wants to bring down inflation to 2%, which is a very low number in my mind. Markets are expecting a rate cut, but markets are also expecting inflation to remain above 2%. Those data points do not align for rate cuts, in my opinion. For those to align, I think the Fed needs to add a little more flexibility around being accommodative, even if inflation is above 2%. Let's touch on the consumer just a bit, again, using Bank of America's daily credit card data. Spending in general has been flattish over the past year. However, relative to four years ago, what I find interesting is baseline spending is up about 25%. In particular, airlines, lodging, and entertainment are up about 15% relative to four years ago, but among the stronger performers relative to a year ago. Home improvement and online is significantly higher than 25%. One sector that is consistently lower is department stores, which have not recovered to the extent other sectors have. Consumer spending in general, has been resilient, but behavior has certainly changed over the past four years. So what's all that mean as it relates to fixed income and opportunities in fixed income? I still remain constructive on general credit. The 10-year treasury is about 3.5%. If you look through to high-grade credit, 
yields still are around 5%. Yields on high yield bonds are nearly 9%, and yields for floating rate loans are about 10%. Defaults are expected to increase in the 3 to 4% range. We are seeing ranges start to deviate. Very bearish houses are projecting high single digit or even low double digit defaults. I think that's a I think that's aggressive to the downside. But the general consensus is around low to mid single digit defaults. And I think that's already baked into much of the credit markets. Expectations are for a mild recession consistent with consensus GDP, but not a severe one. Assuming we have a mild recession, to me that's attractive because the coupons that you're able to clip can give you a ton of protection to the downside. One of the elements that I've observed over the past few months is that many asset management houses are coming out and saying to buy duration. Essentially, they're saying move out of shorter term floating rate assets and move into longer term duration-based assets. And as a result, there have been outflows in 39 of the past 40 weeks in the bank loan asset class. So we've had close to nine months of consistent outflows in an asset class. We've had consensus that rates were going to drop, so asset managers were suggesting investors put on more duration. As I look today, these floating rate assets or bank loans are still the best performing fixed income asset class year to date and the best performing asset class for the past six months relative to the ag and high yield bonds. I think the lesson here for investors is that timing fixed income is extremely difficult. And I'd say more difficult than equity markets. And I'm not talking the short end. I'm talking about the belly of the curve, the 10-year treasury, and out. So for the first five months of this year, most investors have been wrong in moving out of floating rate into duration-based assets. So far, almost halfway through 2023, that trade has been the wrong trade. But that narrative is still in place. Could that duration narrative be correct? Sure, it could at some point, but it doesn't mean you have to move everything out of something floating into duration. I think the bank loan asset class has been extremely underappreciated by investors, which makes me even more constructive on it. As always, I'll close with a personal reflection. June is typically the time for graduations, and I wanted to share my favorite part of a commencement speech from Amy Poehler that she gave to Harvard University in 2011. She said, quote, what I've discovered is that you can't do it alone. Listen, say yes, live in the moment, make sure you play with people who have your back, that one I love, and quote, make big choices early and often, unquote. I would only add to do something really fun this summer. Thank you and stay tuned. The views in this commentary are as of the date recorded and are presented for informational purposes only. These views should not be construed as investment advice, an endorsement of any security, mutual fund, sector, or index, or to predict performance of any investment. The opinions expressed herein are subject to change without notice, as market and other conditions warranted. Any performance data quoted represents past performance, which does not guarantee future results. Any forward-looking statements are not guaranteed. All material is compiled from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed.